Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I'm a bit crestfallen today. Uh, as you know, a couple of weeks ago on the, on the show, uh, I announced that I was going to apply to join the uh, British royal family, pending the departure of uh, Prince Harry and uh, his lovely, goodly wife. Um, they are renouncing all title. They're going to live on their own money, apparently, or start up some kind of nonprofit. But I figured there's a vacancy, so why not apply, right? And I, I got turned down. I got turned down. Apparently, there's a, there's a background check. Passed that. There's also medical screening. Did not pass that because it turns out I got the coronavirus. I got it. Uh, I made it through quarantine somehow on a trip I didn't tell you about recently. And I, I guess, yeah, somehow the, the, the royal family... They didn't miss it though. They caught that. They caught that. So, uh, the, the, the amount of topicalness in this bit feel, <laughs> feels like an SNL like opener sketch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, I am currently on lockdown in my apartment. The uh, CDC has got armed guards preventing me from leaving. So they, if I need wine, I just tell them to go get it for me. So I'm 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 here under quarantine, so I don't infect the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, here I am, nonetheless. Great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, you know, another another big week. Um, I, I can't even fucking believe we're four days away from the Iowa caucus. Like the Iowa caucus is Monday. Uh, so by the next episode, we will be hopefully talking about how fucking Bernie Sanders killed it at the Iowa caucuses and won the New Hampshire primary. Um because I think the New Hampshire primary is the next day, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so uh, because of that, and because of the fact that Bernie has been surging in polls, uh, the media is just going on an all out fucking onslaught, you know, to try to to try to torpedo his campaign. I mean, I, th- it's finally sinking into them that this is real and that 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 he actually could win. And, and they're fucking panicked. The media is is, it, you know, like in in a shitstorm right now because they realize that Bernie can actually win. Uh, And, you know, I think they've denied it for so long because they've lived in their bubble where he's not even taken seriously as a politician, let alone as a presidential uh, candidate. And they're looking at these polls and they're like, guys, this is not, he's not going down. He's only going up. He keeps going up. Like what the fuck? It's very similar, honestly, to how the, how Trump started trending upwards in, in the primaries and, the Republican establishment like shit their pants and like had no idea what to do. And like they, everything they did to try to stop him, he just kept right. I mean, obviously it's for completely opposite reasons, but it, it is ironic that, that just the, the naivete and stupidity of, of corporate media. Uh, I, to I think they're doing, it. they're doing exactly what they knew they had to, to stop him, which was to first ignore him at all costs. Um, you know, with, with Trump, they, they didn't care if he got elected. He was great ratings. So they elevated him all they could and, and it helped him certainly. And now they were like, well, look, if we, if we bash on Bernie, you know, too soon, that just emboldens his people. And they thought if they just ignored him, I mean, how many times would we, would we see a poll or a panel and it was like they'd show every candidate up there and then like somehow Bernie just wasn't on the graphic. <laughs> Did you like see he that? he wasn't even running. <laughs> That ABC Seven poll. It was an ABC Seven New York poll, and it was like, "Who do you support for president?" And it listed like, you know, Pete Buttigieg, Jamie Klobuchar, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, someone else. 
Someone else had 33%, you know, leading yeah, the pack. Yeah, I saw that. They, they, they had a really funny apology about that where they were like, we didn't know people would mind. I, I watched the <laughs> apology. It was, it was hilarious. So they're, they're like small town reporters too. And they're like, please don't hurt us. Um, but yeah, and, and it's weird because I mean, the, the, the TV media has always been against him. You know, you'll get like Nina Turner uh, and Michael Moore, like the only two people they let on television. And maybe, you know, Anna Kasparian briefly, but they put her up against just some terrible, awful piece of shit. Uh, and they've known that like this was going to come. Right, and I think they knew that all the smears weren't going to work. But now it's it's like they're they're desperate, and now they're going to throw out anything possible. Um, and the print media, you know, th- this this has been like the week of the op-ed. Uh, I've I've never seen so many op-eds written about Bernie. Like I used to go to like Yahoo News or Huffington Post, and you had to do a search to find anything about Bernie Sanders. And now it's front page. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got Bernie Sanders front page on their websites now and you know politico is back to churn out 10 articles a day about bernie sanders almost all negative um i read a ton of these this week and you know by and large the you know just some of the most crazy ones of course came from washington post politico uh some really bland stuff from cnn as you can expect of course there was just the the insane david frum article in the atlantic uh, architect of the Iraq War, George Bush speechwriter David Frum, uh, who now has credibility in liberal circles, um, and then of course the Jonathan Chait uh, had maybe one of the best ones. Uh, so I'll just I want to run through some of these headlines, and we'll kind of dig into some of the uh, the meat of some of these articles. But um, I, I love when CNN is just kind of like they don't they pretend like they're non biased, right? And of course we know they're not, but they're like the TV show and the, their website are largely two different entities, but they just still, they'll pretend like they don't know what's going on. You know, yeah. like we, we don't, we don't know why anything is a way it, it is. Right. So here's this headline. Why is Bernie Sanders surging? <laughs> so just to read a one little line from it. Um, in an age of candidate centered elections, what was apparent in 2016 remains clear today. The senator has amassed a loyal and devoted cadre of followers who imagine that they are trying to transform the fundamentals of politics, not just win an election. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking that uh, sentence is like trying to praise him at first, and then smug. it gets to where it's the, the smugness of like, the, you know, his followers who imagine that they're trying to transform yeah. the fundamentals of politics. Uh-huh. You could just say that his followers are trying to transform the fundamentals of politics, not that they imagine themselves. Like that's like, that's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's back like in the early Bush administration when climate change denial was rampant Mm -hmm. um, because we were all like, Hey, we love the war president. So, you know, it was like climate scientists claim that, that, you know, the earth is, about to be doomed, uh, you know, it was all like just framing it that way. Yeah, like like that pussy Al Gore, you know, walking around telling people right. that the advi- yeah, that was that was just, yeah. Ugh, so this God. guy's name's uh, Julian Zelliger, CNN political analyst, but was, uh, like all of his articles are just like a question, like a question mark where there doesn't need to be one, right? Um, nowhere in the article did it mention any piece of policy that Bernie has that might suggest the answer to his question, right? Um, just as sort of a counter to that, uh, actually a great article in the Des Moines Register by someone named um, Rika Basu. Uh, she's not a citizen. She's a resident. And uh, um, Des Moines Register just invoiced, uh, endorsed, <laughs> invoiced, invoiced Elizabeth Warren. 
<laughs> so they, as a counter to that, they sort of wrote like the the Minority Report version. The headline is Bernie Sanders' rise uh, shows voters want someone with courage, principles, and the right priorities. And it doesn't start off talking about Bernie Sanders. It starts off with this. We're living through unprecedentedly dangerous and discouraging times in America where more than 43% can't cover basic living expenses. The 400 wealthiest have more money than the bottom 204 million combined. Extreme weather events are becoming the norm. The nation's public schools, once considered uh, the equalizer between rich and poor, black and white, are now resegregating thanks to uh, underfunding. So it doesn't even mention Bernie Sanders. It's just like, here's the world in which we live. Here's why, you know, it's like almost like her, her first paragraph answers the question of that dumbass CNN article saying, why is Bernie surging? I, I love that because it says, and that's why we're going to endorse somebody who's going to do nothing about any of those things we just mentioned. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, God, what should we do about that? Mm, probably block the guy that wants to actually fix it. Just I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. He did pick up a good uh, another Iowa paper endorsement though. I, I can't remember the actual name. There's a million little small papers. Yeah, in Iowa. well, he got a he got a ton of um, of service worker endorsement, uh, union endorsement. He got the postal postal workers endorsement and, today. And, yep, he just got the post office. Um, Fuck all yeah. the, all the people that lose our mail. Uh, <laughs> nah, give him a break. They got no, they, I, they got a hard job. <laughs> oh, trust me, trust me. I know. Um, and and still, it's like like, do you really need the mail? No, I just want to keep people employed. Also, uh, we <laughs> we send shit across the country for like fifty five fucking cents versus try send a letter through UPS. It's it's going to cost you fucking eight dollars oh, no, to ship it, it around. It's, it's but, crazy. You know. It's crazy. And all the time, like especially when we worked at State Department, we would get people calling in saying, "Where's my passport?" Like, oh, it's it's in the mail. You send it via, via the post office and be like, "Yeah, do you live in an apartment?" Uh huh. Why? Like, well, good luck getting FedEx to deliver to an apartment <laughs> yeah, right, building. Exactly. Are you fucking kidding? Good, oh, you have a PO box? Well, uh, UPS will tell you to fuck off. So mm-hmm. be glad that we go through the post office because they're the ones that are actually got to get in your building. The only ones who deliver to the to most addresses. Like, yeah. I've, I, we we ship a lot of shit at work, and we come across that same issue. Um, so just a couple other headlines before we get to like the really gross ones. Um, this was a great one. Biden campaign urges supporters to defend him on social media, which is just like the, the Jeb Bush version of please clap. <laughs> he wants um, Biden bros. And there was a good one uh, here. Uh, establishment Democrats face a dilemma. How to do in Bernie Sanders without alienating his young voters? Like, w- why not just embrace Bernie Sanders and his young voters. So then you don't even have to worry about being stupid and, and blowing it up. Um, and this was, I forget what website this was on by a guy named John Cass. It might be kind of a right wing guy, but he usually it's the right wingers that will freely admit that the Democrats rigged the 2016 primary against Bernie, um, which he says here somewhere. Uh, let's see. Nah, I'm not going to find it. It's the, the block of text is too big. So, um, anyway, moving on. Bernie Sanders campaign hones in on Texas as primary nears. Like we're so over Iowa and New Hampshire uh, already, and even California that we're, like we're on to just you know speculating about Texas. Yeah. Where Bernie but, has but a please, lead. if you're in those states, make sure you fucking go vote because we, oh, <laughs> yeah. of course, hundred percent. But but no, he came in. So he was like when the when the race first started, Biden had a massive lead in in most of places, including Texas. Uh, and last poll that came out of Texas has Bernie down two points to Biden. It's like 28 to 26. So Texas is fucking in play. And that's, again, this is like, yeah. I think this is the third third biggest delegate count behind New York and California. It in is. The primary. Um, Houston is the fourth biggest city in the country. 
and has a minority yeah. white population. Right. Uh, and uh, Nina Turner yeah. is being sent there next week to start doing awesome. like the like the real on the ground organizing and like really boosting for uh, for Bernie in Houston uh, and the whole region down there. So, yeah, I mean, the if you, it's, it's funny, if you look at the demographics, it'll it'll include Latinos as white. Right. So it'll say it's it's a 57 percent white population. It's not. <laughs> you yeah. gotta you gotta like, dig their demographic. And I don't know why they do that. Whatever reasons. So, uh, let's see. AOC was was huge in Iowa this last weekend. Um, uh, headline here: Alexander Casa Cortez wows Indiana. Probably not for the last time. Uh, let's see. I saw another thing about Bernie's also leading in Pennsylvania, another huge delegate state. Uh, one place he's not is Florida. Biden is way up in Florida, but so is Mike Bloomberg. And I saw some articles this Ugh. week talking about how the Biden campaign is now freaking out that Mike Bloomberg is going to be, you know, Bloomberg got in the race to, you know, no bones about it, stop Bernie. That's what he said. I'm going to do whatever I can to stop Bernie. And he's taking a huge chunk out of Biden. So Biden might win Florida with, with not even a majority of the delegates in Florida. Right. He might not even you were looking at poll numbers just now before we went on air. Biden might not even get the 15 percent to get any delegates in California. Yeah. These people are the dumbest people on Earth. Like the the fact that Mike Bloomberg thought he could enter the race and pull voters away from Bernie is fucking hilarious. Like the only person you'd pull voters away from is Biden. Maybe like Klobuchar. Like who who does he think his fucking base of support is like what? These people are delusional. Like they, they don't know. They uh, don't know what they're every doing. Every New York mayor, every New York mayor thinks they're like the the mayor of America. You know, <laughs> De Blasio, fucking uh, Trump's Giuliani, lawyer, Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're and they they're just they're all despised outside of New York City. They're probably despised and, and within New York City. No, trust me, within New York City too. Um, Bill De Blasio, yeah, Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg thinks he's like some champion of climate justice because he worked really hard to try to get you know. Uh, Two billion dollar uh, ivory tower high rises to you know get lead silver certification you know yeah uh, and got a bunch of bike lanes put in which is great I, I, I don't discount that but uh, you know if you're doing that just for rich people and meanwhile everyone who's poor is getting stopped and frisked. I've never heard him talk about banning fracking I mean all all I've ever heard him talk about is like carbon tax and bullshit like that you know half measure neoliberal right uh, non solutions right. to climate change like he. You know, it's bullshit. It's so fucking... uh, one other real good one here. Um, oh, uh, the Bernie campaign is fortified by a human shield of millennials. And the headline, the, the, <laughs> the thumbnail image was like a wall of like young people holding signs up, like arms linked, you know, like <laughs> just could, could great. We just, could we just all go like stand behind Bernie with fucking swords and shit? Like that, that's, that's Seriously. I think the imagery we need to, because, you know. Well, yeah. and this they had some great points in this article that the the age divide in support between Bernie and Biden, there's never been this big of an age divide between the top two candidates before. Um, really? The, yeah. So it was. Let's see. According to the uh, Quinnipiac poll released Wednesday, Bernie Sanders boasts the support of 53 percent of Democrat voters under the age of 35 Damn. nationwide, Damn, while Joe sorry. Biden. Joe Biden lays claim to only three percent. <laughs> that that poll's margin of error oh, is three point four percentage points, <laughs> which means that the percentage <laughs> of young voters who actually support the Democratic Party's current front runner, as they're calling Biden the front runner, 
technically could be zero. Yep. Zero <laughs> percent. I mean, I'm sure there's maybe one or two out there, but zero percent of the total. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and just real quick, you know, we mentioned Texas. Uh, last poll that came out of Texas, which was head-to-head Trump versus Bernie, or Trump versus all the candidates, Trump versus Bernie uh, pulled the best, actually, of all of them, the closest. Uh, Trump was only three points up on Bernie in the last poll in the last poll from January out of Texas, which means fucking Texas is in play for Bernie. When's the last time Texas went to a Democrat? Like LBJ, like I, I, I couldn't even fucking tell you. Like I, that's right. insanity. And, well, and you know, it, it's, it is if you're you know third way and you're terrified of a socialist actually winning. So you're yeah. going around with like a chicken with its head cut off, saying the sky is falling, uh, because you know you know no one's gonna no one's gonna vote for a socialist. Uh, but, you know Trump's gonna Trump's gonna call him a socialist. Uh, which, of course, they call every Democrat. Um, and if you talk to any independent voter who doesn't care about bullshit labels and can actually think for themselves, which is the majority of voting independents, uh, they look at Bernie and go, well, at least he admits it, and I actually like his ideas. Yeah. So it's, it's like those people aren't swayed by... Dude, it, if he wins Texas, can you imagine the, the fucking the skyscraper Beto is going to climb on top of and then subsequently jump off of? It's like, no, I fucking could have done I could have had it if I just telling you, stuck telling to my you. policies. Medicare for all, baby. Um, so, yeah, it, it's 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 been it's been a, an amazing week to see all these headlines and just all the completely disingenuous takes. There was a great tweet here from. Uh, comedian uh, Rob Delaney said, instead of your Sanders can't win essay thread uh, term paper, why not wade into, I can't even read this, why not wade into the nourishing waters of honesty uh, and set yourself free and write a why I don't like him piece? <laughs> like, just be honest about why you don't like him. You know, yep. that, 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 that crazy halfway anti-Semitic woman on MSNBC that said, I don't know what it is, he just makes my skin crawl. Like, that's abhorrent, but at least she was being honest. Like, she just doesn't like him because she, you know, Bernie Sanders makes her realize that she's on the wrong side of history. And rather than be, you know, introspective and go, hey, maybe I should change, she goes, yeah, I don't like him. He just makes me skin crawl. Yep. But at least that would be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I know, for sure. Um, Just one other poll I want to mention, because you kind of alluded to it earlier, Um, a new change research poll, which is a, you know, reputable polling institution, uh, of California uh, from January 25th to 27th, so very recent. Uh, Bernie Sanders, 30%. Second place, Elizabeth Warren, 16%. Joe Biden in third with 15%. So now, a couple things about this. Number one, I mean, he's fucking running away with California. That's obvious. Number two, you know, we mentioned that 15% threshold, which Biden and Warren are just barely at. You know, we we talk all the time about how Bernie's consistently underrepresented in polls because he turns out a lot of uh, non-likely voters, non-registered voters. Michigan, I mean, my God, Michigan. Yeah, I mean, he he fucking outperformed ten points on those polls. Yeah, there was he he was down twenty five percent below Hillary in Michigan two weeks out from that primary. He won fucking Michigan, and he won (laughs) Michigan by two percent in the in the final vote. So, so that that phenomenon should only magnify the larger the state that he goes to 
So the fact that, and again, this is why him being within two or three points in a lot of these polls is really fucking encouraging to me because I'm like, that's he, that means he's winning those polls. Uh, the fact that he is at that level and will probably get a couple more points, thereby, you know, Warren and Biden maybe getting a couple less points. Bernie could win every single pledge delegate in California, potentially. 414 delegates. Now, you only need about 1,900 delegates to wit to clinch the nomination. Uh, pledge delegates, of course, you know, fucking super delegates. But I think he actually could clinch the nomination, you know, fairly early on if he does as well as some of these polls are indicating. And that, you know, obviously that means we should push 10 times as hard with canvassing and door knocking and, uh, you know, texting and phone banking and donation, all that shit. But guys, like this, this is fucking nuts. These poll numbers, like how good they are. This could be like a historic sweep of a really crowded field if he if he plays his cards right and, and well, everything goes according to plan. And, and just to kind of look back at what our, our fears were a year ago, it was that they were trying to crowd the field so much that it would split the vote and he wouldn't get to 51% and then they could bury him with superdelegates at the convention, right? Yep. And that all, I mean, you, you saw all these articles saying, well, you know, uh, Bernie's not special now because now you've got all these young candidates that are just like him. You know, it's, it's they had that one unnamed donor on some CNN op-ed saying, you know, it's not, it's not Bernie's army anymore. It's Beto's army. And, and I just, I just <laughs> laughed at that stuff because it's like, nobody believes that you're saying it because you desperately want it to be true. And no one believes that. Uh, and that was even, you know, we already could tell by then that Beto was going to shit the bed. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, like these are all, it's not that they think that these things are real. This is their wishful thinking and how they try to get like launch these ideas out into, uh, you know, the media so that like, you know, okay, now it's in an article. Well, now if there's an article, then we can have a CNN panel talk about the article and then we can, you know, it's like, that's how the, that's how like the, the, the feeding frenzy works, right? It starts with the, the print media, then it goes to TV, right? Um, not as much the other way around, but sometimes, but, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, it's hilarious. So getting, getting down to some of the more desperate articles here, um, Jonathan Shade is, was a writer for the new Republic at a time when they were kind of liberal ish after being more conservative. But then apparently he was like, nah, you guys are too liberal for me still. And I want to be more right wing. Um, and now he's just like straight up like Obama right wing conservative Democrat, basically. Um, he is a huge proponent of, of privatized charter schools, uh, as is his wife, who is uh, actually a lobbyist for a charter school promoting company, apparently. like to do uh, advising for how you know schools can save money by uh, hiring non-union teachers out of an academy where they're not licensed to teach classes, and that's basically all they save money on is cost-cutting on the teacher's salaries. Um, so his, his uh, article, this was fucking hilarious, uh, running Bernie Sanders against Donald Trump would be an act of insanity. Like, no, not trying to couch it in anything here. Just full on, this is, this is fucking crazy. Uh, so this, this, is, this is, again, almost sounds like he's trying to compliment him until you realize this guy is just fucking batshit, right? A lunatic. He's, he's, he's really, like, like, frantically screaming at his at his computer screens he's writing like yeah. you can't you can't do it guys we can't like you know like because he, he knows it's fucking gonna happen and he knows he's gonna right. fucking wreck trump and he's like i'll never again 
be respected in this party because people are going to look at me like a fucking clown, like the clown that I am. So he, he's desperately trying to save his own fucking career oh. by, by, by writing this. So this first sentence, like if I wrote this sentence, you would think that I was praising Sanders for this. Uh, uh, Sanders has gleefully discarded the, uh, the party's conventional wisdom that it has to pick and choose where to push public opinion leftward adapting a comprehensive left-wing agenda, some of which is popular. Like, you would think that's praising him, <laughs> but that's not. No, he's saying that's a bad thing, and then he continues on, and some of which is decidedly unpopular. Uh, so, Citation needed. <laughs> yeah, so here he goes on to, to, to cite actual policies here. Positions in the latter category, the unpopular, include replacing all private health insurance with a government plan, banning fracking, letting prisoners vote, (laughs) decriminalizing the border, giving free health care to undocumented immigrants, and uh, eliminating ICE. And then he follows it up with, with, in parentheses, I am only listing Sanders' positions that are intensely unpopular. Okay, so a a couple (laughs) things. This this is just so (laughs) fucking (laughs) preposterous. I can't even, because I didn't read this article, so these are all new quotes to me. Um... Banning fracking is, is, is extremely unpopular. Really? I, fucking citation really fucking needed on that one, bro. Because uh, I can't think of anyone who fucking likes fracking outside of the, the, the 1,500 or so people that make fucking money from fracking. Like, right, because like, they were Democrats poor as like, shit, and now they have a well on like the yeah. back lot of their 50 acres somewhere yeah. in the, you know, over but the... But even the, those people don't like fracking because they fucking poison them and their fucking kids. Like, right. you know, people in rural right. Pennsylvania know what, how fucking bad fracking is, and people who are environmentally conscious know how bad fracking is. So who the fuck is banning fracking not popular with? Like, you, I, like it, he couldn't cite a single poll to show me that fucking... No, and um, he doesn't, and he doesn't. No, yeah. of course. The only thing of, of that list that he... Name that is probably unpopular, uh, and I haven't seen a ton of polling on it, is letting felons vote. But that doesn't matter because that's the fucking right thing to do. Like, I I appreciate that Bernie takes a a tough stance on something that's probably not super popular. The one that blew my mind was uh, decriminalizing the border. Uh, For for one, uh, it's not a crime to cross the border. It's a civil infraction. Uh, It's only a crime if you've already been deported. Right, so the idea of decriminalizing the border, I, I, that doesn't even, it doesn't exist. No, that's right-wing fucking propaganda garbage. Right. Uh, eliminating ICE, um, Bernie hasn't said eliminate ICE. He said uh, basically take ICE apart, um, break it up into separate entities so it wouldn't have the power that it does now. Um, yeah, giving free health care to undocumented migrants. That's part of, that's, that's what you do. That's, that's, you know, we already give free public education to undocumented migrants because we as a society decided that uh, to, to not allow children to go to school, whether they're here legally or not, is child abuse. And we as a, as a uh, you know, as a liberal society in the classic sense of it, decided that that is unacceptable to, 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 to say to undocumented children who may or may not have been born here that they can't go to public education. Like that's what the fuck is wrong with him that he says that we shouldn't apply that same standard to children, that they shouldn't be able to go to the doctor? What the fuck is wrong with this guy? So, yeah, so he's saying He's that a psychopath. He's a psychopath, and he claims to, you know, he's one of these David Frum type guys where the line between uh, centrist Democrat and centrist Republican, there is no line between them. It's just they're in the same fucking car going off a cliff together. Um, so just to, just to go over all of these unpopular policies that it would be uh, an act of insanity to try to run against Trump, 
canceling all student debt. He didn't mention that one, but that's one of the one of the ones that people say is unconscionable. Canceling all student debt has the support of seventy-two percent of Americans. Oh, Imagine that. Oh, that that must be an outlier, though. I'm sure there's nothing more popular than that. Uh, Medicare for all. What's that? Eighty-one percent of Americans support oh, Medicare for bad. all, uh, a government-run healthcare program that would replace all private insurance. Uh, I, I can't imagine anything more popular than that. Oh, what, what's that? $15 minimum wage? 86% of Americans support a $15 minimum wage. Uh, huh. Support expanding Social Security? 87% of American voters. Uh, and the Green New Deal? Well, at least among Democrats, 88% want yeah. to pass the Green New Deal. And I've seen polls where it's 60% nationwide on that. So, like, that's, you know... That... If you can get 60% supporting nationwide on anything... That's a, that's you know yeah yeah <laughs> like because because it'll be sixty percent support ten percent opposed and thirty percent never heard of it yeah right so exactly. it, that, that's good as you're gonna get yeah hundred percent yeah um so yeah he's he's fucking full of shit talking out of his ass you know as per usual with Jonathan Chait I expect no less but um you know it, it it's his fear his fear is kind of uh, exhilarating honestly in a way because this means he he understands. Uh, how real the threat of Bernie is, and I think he he's you know he's at, he's in the bargaining phase right now, like they you know oh, they're, absolutely. they're all in the bargaining phase. And and just to show that he knows what is really going on, he's not stupid, right? Here's a tweet um, from him. I went through some of his tweets here, and he was he was quote tweeting uh, a picture from a reporter who was at one of Bernie's campaign offices where they're doing phone calls and. Um, on a wall, they had a big, like a grease board or, or, you know, like a big sheet of paper or something like that. And you could tell they had been workshopping with the, you know, volunteers about how to talk to people who may have been, oh, I don't know, manipulated by propaganda, telling them socialism is, is bad for the last 90 years, right? Uh, and how to reframe things and how to get people to, you know, open up and talk about their you know, material conditions, their lives, and how, you know, at least democratic socialism would help them. Um, and they had like crossed off certain parts and added other parts. So it wasn't just like, here's the script, read this. It was, it was like, Hey, let's work with our volunteers on crafting the best message for this locality. And you know, what are the things you've heard from voters that you've talked to already and what are their concerns and how are we best reaching out to them? So it was very much like a hands-on process. Right. And he was remarking that one of their kind of redirect questions was like, you know, oh, well, I've heard socialism isn't that bad. And like people said, well, I can understand how you might think that. But, you know, Bernie Sanders is all about social equity and here's this and here's that. And so Jonathan Chait is responding to this image of this, this uh, you know, sort of workshop notes that they had uh, saying the fact that volunteers have to play defense like this on, this, uh, on the socialist label in the primary uh, is a small hint of the much more huge challenge it would be in the general. So he's pretending as though like they're struggling to figure out how to talk to people, and this is you do this with any campaign. Yeah, you workshop how to talk to people, especially when you have a lot of volunteers who've probably never done this before, right? And and it is, you know, the Lord's work to go out there and preach the evangel of a candidate who is uh, so good for the people. I mean, we're talking about a. Uh, you know, a, a, a Jewish carpenter, after all, socialist Jewish carpenter. But um, I don't know if you have the audio queued up of, of Bernie talking to some of those volunteers. Yeah, let me try uh, to get that up. I'm having actually some internet connectivity issues over here. But um, let's see. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, 
and it's really almost in, in a way kind of a comforting thing to give people those those talking points even if you know it's not 100 percent necessary because it's it, it is very intimidating to go in and make calls and do volunteer work when like you said when you've never done it before um uh, but here, here's the audio for, uh, of Bernie actually speaking to uh, canvassers. Just, just to preface this, I, you know, I'm always looking for audio clips we can play. But this has been like nonstop stump speeches for the last week, and it, it's rare to, I mean, maybe not with Bernie, but it's like in, in in the sea of all the stump speech audio and video and everything, to find a little uh, personal moment like this is really, I don't know, kind of special to me. So, yeah, okay. for sure. Bernie, what, what would you tell a canvasser, like from you to a canvasser, um, that's a little bit nervous at the door, that's afraid to knock a little yeah. bit harder? Okay. That's What's your name? Andres. Andres. That's a great question, Andres. I'll, I'll just tell you a personal story. In Vermont in 1981, I ran for mayor of one of the largest cities called Burlington, Vermont. And we have those elections in March. And in Vermont, it gets really cold in January and February. I'm talking about 20 below zero, okay? So I would go out, knocking on doors, and sweat would be pouring off of me. 20 below zero, and I'm sweating. All right, because it, it was uncomfortable. I'm knocking on somebody's door. I never met this person. I don't know if they're nice. I don't know if they're not nice. What are they going to say, right? It's scary. All right, but this is what I would say, is that in life in general and in campaigns, you have to do things that make you a little bit uncomfortable. You have to do things that get you really nervous. You know, if you're an athlete, I used to be a runner. And before, and she was probably a better runner than me. She was a sprinter. I was a long distance runner. Speaking of me to nervous. Okay, that's what your body, you know, builds up the adrenaline in order to release that. And that's what it is. If you don't want to accomplish anything in life, sit home and watch the TV. You'll be calm and nice, right? If you want to accomplish something, you got to go out there. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes a little bit scary. Not gonna know it's a little bit scary. What you will find, at least in Vermont, by the way, is that most of the people are pretty friendly. And many of the people actually really want to discuss issues with you. Occasionally somebody will slam a door. Fine, go on to the next house. Okay? But I think at the end of the day, what you will find is wow, this is really interesting. I learned a lot. A lot of nice people out there. And that's what life is about. It's, it's taking those chances, getting nervous, getting your feelings hurt every now and then. But, you know, you've had your feelings hurt once or twice. Yes. yes. All right. You all have David has. All right. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. Yeah. So that was great. That's great. It's just great to see him in that. He, he, he's uh, in that environment. He's very different, uh, too, than you see him, like, in almost any other, you know, setting where he's talking to people just really, like, not at all trying to put on the, the you know. And, and again, it's not that he's, you know putting on any kind of persona when he's, you know, being Bernie the politician, but he, he's just very genuine in that moment, trying to, you know, uh, put some, like, nervous first-time volunteers at ease. Right. Well, and if you know his history, Bernie campaigned for various offices in Vermont for 10 years before he won anything, and he only won mayor by, I think, less than 10 votes, right? So yeah, yeah, when, when, you're, when you're at that level, you're... The only people knocking on doors are you and like five of your friends, right? So he he's walked that walk, right? So uh, the the fact that he still connects at that level and and doesn't see himself as above that, uh, you know, doesn't have to make up stories like Joe Biden, 
for the last 50 years, apparently, about that being part of the civil, civil rights, rights movement. Uh, <laughs> talked about doing sit-ins that he never attended, going to, to church organizing meetings that he never actually went to. Sean King's got some great threads about this, where he called up all these people that, that uh, Joe Biden has, has now been claiming recently, uh, and actually going back, you know, he's, been, he's still saying it recently, but it's like, you know, when you tell the lie long enough, you forget it's a lie. Um, on and his top brain's of, mush right now, so. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he, at least when he was lying back in the 80s and he got caught, there was, there was a great uh, reel that came out of, like, all these clips of people talking on Crossfire back in the 80s and just saying, like, well, he's finished. He got caught plagiarizing five different times. Uh, his career is over. But that was back when, you know, <laughs> things could actually ruin a politician's career, uh, you know, like like lying or, or you know. And... <laughs> And back then, I mean, Biden was this proves that, like, yeah, sure, Biden's mind and his faculties are leaving him now, but he's always been an empty vessel for corporate talking points like that's that's not anything new. He's always been that way since he was, you know, 30 something years old with his fucking, uh, you know, horrible hair before he got his hair plugs, uh, uh, you know, on the floor of the Senate talking about how he how he gladly whore himself out for corporate donate like and he literally said that uh, like on the floor of the house i think in a in the 90s like talking about the way he won his first election like he just has no shame and he never has he's always been a fucking conservative uh you know barely a democrat right but he's the kind of guy that that jonathan uh chayat thinks is a straight shooter and apparently is not insane to word against trump yeah, well, I'm, and, you know, honestly, Joe Biden, uh, you know, other than his obvious lies, is pretty straight shooter. He, he'll tell you all the time, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to, you know, why don't you just go vote for someone else? Like, he just loves to fucking tell people to vote for someone else. I mean, he oh, Did you see that Onion headline today? I did not, no. Oh, it was, it was something like, uh, Joe Biden tells voter, you're a piece of shit and I hope you die in sign of party unity. <laughs> Well, I mean, because again, you know, just just yesterday, I think it was he he some guy asked him a question at like a meet and greet, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I I I, I hope to support you in the general if you do win the primary, but like, you know, you talk about banning uh, uh, fracking, or you know, you talk about uh, banning pipelines, but now you want to build more fracking infrastructure. How is that any better?" And by's like, oh, 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 "What are you? What are you coming?" Look, you know, he was just already like, you know, defensive and he like he put his hands on the guy's chest and he's like, listen here, you know, you come over here, tell me you're not going to vote for me. And the guy's like, no, I'll vote for you if you're if you like treat me right or whatever. He's like, oh, well, I'm not going to. And, and, and then he and he like tried to zip his coat. Off. He's just fucking losing his mind. Like he. Yeah. People yeah. like people have been joking. Like he's gonna call someone a motherfucker before the end of this campaign. Like it's gonna happen. Like because he's <laughs> so the, the one today. Um, now that is you know the, the the press is trying to keep him away from reporters and voters as much There's as that, possible. Yeah. Uh, he gets done talking to you know it's like clearly the end of him talking to like a, a classroom sized group of people, uh, and they were even playing music like the walk off music that you would normally have for a big event. But if he's in like a, a classroom, so like, yeah. what are they? What are they doing? And the press, somebody in the press says, "Hey, what about the thing about your social security?" And he goes, "Oh!" And he opens his jacket up and pulls out a sheet of paper and hands it to them, and then walks away. And I was like, "That." I mean, if you've seen the Joker, uh, he, when he starts laughing maniacally in public and can't explain himself, like like some people with mental illness, they'll have you know a little card that says what what is happening. They'll hand it to somebody. And in the Joker, it says, I have a condition where I laugh uncontrollably. It's something I can't control, da 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 It's like literally Joe Biden is to the, to the point where he's 
uh, or at least his staff, is like, well, how can we explain what's happening to Joe to the public and to the press? Oh, well, I saw this movie called The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. and in it, he has an uncontrollable mental state where he has to hand out a card to people when he starts uncontrollably breaking down mentally. <laughs> like, that's that's where the the <laughs> the centrist front runner is uh, psychologically at this moment in this campaign. And he's such a fucking uh, he's such a fucking lunatic and his brain is so, is such fucking, you know, mashed potatoes that they can't trust him to give a, a, a cognitive, uh, you know, cohesive answer to a fucking reporter's question. So they're like giving him like literal like like he's a baby, like little cue cards now to like hand out to people. So he doesn't fucking, you know, so he doesn't call a reporter like a, a motherfucker right. or challenge him to a push up contest. Pretty soon like, they're going to have to like pin his phone number to the outside of his shirt in case he gets lost. <laughs> Oh, God, oh. this is so pathetic. I mean, really, this is this is the length they're going to go to to try to stop Bernie, and it's just hilariously and ineffectual. Why, you think if they they knew, like, they they keep pretending. This is another thing I want to get to here with a couple other articles. But they knew that Bernie was going to run again, right? Like, because he mm-hmm. never stopped running. You know, yep. he, he immediately started holding rallies to save Obamacare. Did that rally, in an outdoor rally in Michigan in January. It was like a day after Trump was inaugurated. And 10,000 people showed up to an outdoor rally in Michigan in January. And it was just like, okay, this is like, we clearly have a movement still. And they couldn't find anybody that had a fucking prayer's chance in hell of nope. taking on Bernie Sanders in any meaningful way. Like, they really looked at Buttigieg and Beto and they were like... <laughs> Nailed it. We got him. <laughs> we got that Bernie Sanders. What the imagine, fuck is going to do Imagine now? looking at Beto O'Rourke and thinking, oh, this is the fucking guy that's going to beat Bernie Sanders in his mass yeah, movement. Imagine getting paid six-figure salaries to consult on campaigns saying, oh, yeah, that booty judge, he's, he's the one. He's going to do it. Oh, he lost a statewide race in Indiana and barely held on to his mayorship after huge controversy involving uh, racist police officers. Nope, he's the one. He's the one for us. Oh, the, <laughs> the biggest election victory he had was a uh, 11,000 votes. <laughs> you know, that was yeah. great. Oh, and he's also only five foot six inches tall. Uh, like I don't know if you and, know this, yeah. but you kind of have to be at least six foot to win the presidency. Um, so, yeah. And, that, and then they get to this, this whole thing of like, well, Bernie Sanders has never been vetted. He's never been vetted before. Like whatever that word means to them, I don't know. Which because is preposterous because they've been smearing it, him for fucking six years nonstop. It's it's like the, the idea that you're vetted means oh well there's there's like a a, a secret dark skeleton in your closet that hasn't been revealed dossier on Bernie yeah, right and I think they're just like they're just projecting because they they know that there was so much dirt on Hillary that that she got taken down by WikiLeaks uh, publishing the the fact that you know publishing the Podesta emails that showed they really did rig the primary against Bernie so they assume that that Bernie must have that somewhere like there is some dark secret to him. Or it's just that they they count on their their shitty uh, low info voters not knowing what that word means, and they think it just means well we haven't convinced enough people that he's actually a terrible human being, right? And if we just keep repeating it, then people will realize it, and then he'll have been vetted. Yeah, like well, and and it's total projection because all of their fucking candidates have horrible things in their history that are still coming. I mean, just today. Uh, there was an article about Amy Klobuchar. You know, she bragged about prosecuting the killer of this 11-year-old girl. Um, turns out he's uh, AP did an investigation and found that he is uh, most probably innocent and was not only 
mistreated horribly in the in the in the process of uh, you know his prosecution while she was the DA. Uh, but he was like denied. His mother was in such grief that she uh, crashed her car, had a heart attack, or, you know, leaving the prison and killed and died. Uh, and uh, Amy wouldn't even let him go to the funeral. Uh, before he was even convicted of the, like, there's there's more with, with the interrogation. Um, the police would not let the mother see the kid. Yeah, and they they were they, lying about what she that she she said he was guilty or that or right. Some, she, and they they told the kid that the mother believed that he had done it, so that's why she didn't want to see him. Right, and they're like keeping them separate, lying to both of them. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's torture, which is, which is like, totally legal for the police to do. Now, the minor can refuse to talk. And if the mother is in there, she can refuse permission for him to talk to the police. Oh, yeah. By the but way, did we mention he, he was a minor? <laughs> right. He was 16 years old. Right. But, I mean, if you're 16, you don't probably know your rights to, to you know. No, if, of if, and they didn't Mirandaize uh, him. Mirandaize Miranda? him. Mirandaize him. Thank you. Mirandaizer. It's a weird, uh, it's a weird term. Uh, right. So they can do anything they want as long as you don't know what your rights are. And then even if you invoke your rights, they'll still belittle you. Like, well, what are you hiding? What are you hiding? Right. And, you know, not everyone knows this, but everyone should know it. If the police are interrogating you, it means they have no evidence. Mm-hmm. It they're, means they've got fishing. nothing, and they are depending on you to confess, right? And they know if they wear you down, you'll, they'll get it eventually, especially if it's from a minor who's isolated. Um, That's, the, the, the Central Park Five, they got it from the, from, the, from the kids. Even with the parents there, they got them to confess. Yeah, no, they, they, they intimidated them and tricked them into confessing for shit that they didn't do because they basically thought uh, if they confessed to being there but not actually participating in the rape, which, of course, they had nothing to do with. It was later found that it was this other guy, you know, who confessed to the crime. If they basically said, oh, well, we were there, but we didn't participate, uh, you know, some other people, uh, that they would be let free. That was what the police basically told them and lied to them. So they all gave false conviction right. uh, false confessions and were put in jail for years and had their lives ruined uh also thanks largely to donald trump cheerleading the, uh them you know, being prosecuted and being uh given the death penalty because he's a fucking racist piece of shit you know um but no but yeah, but and that's actually you know we were talking about uh off air about the, the new uh hbo show the outsider and that's actually genuinely what you see happen a lot is that you don't typically uh, interrogate people, you know, if, if you have enough evidence, you just, you go make an arrest. Like that's, you know, if you don't have evidence is that's when you need to fish for, for fucking evidence. Basically you need to bring people in for interrogations. You know, you don't, you don't just, you know, uh, it, 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 yeah, exactly. If they're, if they're bringing them in for an interrogation, they're, they're trying to fucking right. pin it on them. Like, There's they a don't great, crime drama documentary series called The First 48. And I say great not because of what you see portrayed, but great because you see what it's really like, mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot of these are, you know, are, are murder investigations, right? Or uh, like murder missing person type things where they know they've only got so much time to catch somebody before it's just going to become another, another, uh, another file that sits there. But all, like almost every single case, they get some poor black kid and get a confession. And that's the only chance, like, that's the only way they catch anybody. And then they don't show the trial, they just show them catching the person. And you realize, like, these investigators are not that bright. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got forensic pathologists that are just scientists who are really good at testing forensic evidence, but if there is none, they're shit out of luck. They're all, you know, bald, overweight, chain-smoking detectives and fucking, you know, in suits that are just big, floppy, you know, 
<laughs> like I don't even why even wear a suit if you're that un, unkempt. But uh, it, it just you realize like they're not, and we're not talking like you know big city investigators. We're talking about like you know uh, Pete Booty Judge's turf of, of like murder investigation, right? Yeah, so it's just fucking yeah. I mean, so the documentary is great, but it's just terrible that you see that they. <laughs> just get placated. It's like, well, there's a teenage black kid. Let's just berate him in a small windowless room for 30 hours straight until he finally says, fine, I did it. Yep. Yeah. It's disgusting. That's our fucking justice system. It's, you know, one of the worst in the world. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, needless to say, uh, they're fucking terrified of Bernie Sanders and they should be. Um, and you know, uh, just, uh, changing lanes a little bit here because uh there was another story it wasn't really even a story but it's something uh just another desperate hail mary by the warren campaign you know she i think she realized uh you know stabbing your your only public the only person who's publicly defending you in this primary process in the back was not really a great look for her campaign didn't really play out the way she thought that's a pretty divisive image stabbing him in the back don't you think that's a little too you know i know you're allegorical but the known anti-semitic origins of the phrase stabbed in the back of course as we as we learned on twitter last week um yeah no but so you know that 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 tort that killed her campaign, and she fucking deserved to have her campaign killed for the way she uh, duplicitously, you know, fucked over her friend like that uh, for no reason other than to just you know try to try to pull away from his support. Um, and so her her latest desperate attempt at um, relevancy is this plan, um, which I'm sure will have no you know unintended consequences whatsoever. So I'll, I'll read out her. Her, her latest plan, her latest Liz has a plan for that. Uh, and this is a tweet thread that she put out uh, with a policy. Disinformation and online foreign interference erode our democracy, and Donald Trump has invited both. Anyone who seeks to challenge and defeat Donald Trump in the 2020 election must be, a fully, uh, must be fully prepared to take this on, and I've got a plan to do it. In the 2016 election, we saw how digital disinformation was used to influence and suppress voters. But four years later, we're hardly prepared, uh, hardly better prepared for it. Donald Trump has welcomed foreign interference into our elections. And if he isn't removed from office, he'll continue to do so. Um, Anyone who seeks to challenge and defeat Donald Trump must be prepared to take on the full array of disinformation that foreign actors and people in in and around his campaign will use to divide Democrats, press them, yada, yada, yada. So today I'm making a pledge. I will, uh, I'm making a pledge. I will not knowingly use or spread disinformation to benefit my own candidacy or to damage others. And I will fight disinformation aimed at my campaign, my opponents and my voters. I'm sending a clear message to anyone associated with the Warren campaign. I will not tolerate the use of information or false accounts to attack my opponents, promote my campaign or undermine our elections. And I urge my fellow candidates to do the same. So later on in the actual meat and bones of the uh, policy, she actually calls to uh, make uh, knowingly spreading disinformation a criminal offense. So, you know, um, not who, who gets to be the watchman on that one. Yeah, what that's I that's, know. you know, totally no, no unintended consequences whatsoever can come from that. Also, you know, really fucking rich coming from 
the literal queen of disinformation and lies. I mean, we, we went through a couple of weeks ago on the podcast the the fucking laundry list of things Liz Warren has lied about throughout her career, you know, being a Native American, the, the fact that she had a dad who was a janitor, even though he was a superintendent, the fact that she uh, was a public school teacher, even though she did it for six months, the fact that she was going to be, that she was fired as a public school teacher, despite the fact that she willingly left after her contract uh, went out and they tried to renew it, but she didn't want, like, there's just on and on and on all the way up the until. The plagiarized cookbook? The, the, the plagiarized, the powwow chow. The, oh, my God. The putting Native American on her fucking Harvard, you know, like the put Harvard's first woman of color. I mean, we could go on and on, and we have gone on and on. She's a fucking bullshitter through and through. Uh, and it's just hilarious that she's calling uh, uh, the fucking DNA test, the fucking disinformation of, oh, well, I, you know, I'm one 1024th so Native American. So now you owe me a million dollars, Donald Trump. I saw the article that this was all <laughs> written up in, or at least one of them. Uh, and people were saying, well, oh, you get to criminalize to putting out misinformation on the, inter- on the Internet. And then the article, I went to it and it said, oh, uh, Liz Warren says she wants to criminalize putting out voting disinformation. And it seemed like they had changed the headline after the fact, after getting, like, hammered on it, right? So I, I don't, because none of the responses I saw referenced the voting part. And, but, like, none of her quotes referenced voting either. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're putting out false information about where the polling place is or the date of a vote, then sure, I get that. That's just factually uh, determinable, right? But we're talking about just, like, any old thing on Facebook that you think is, oh, that's disinformation. Well, if I say, well, uh, Liz Warren's health care plan is not medicare for all because it simply isn't can somebody say that's misinformation yeah because it is it's like well she says it's not she now says it's a single payer option even she says it right so all these people that said oh well it is it is it says it's still single it's still medicare for all no it's not it never was and the minute she made it clear now she's made it clearer but the minute she made it clear in the first place is when she started a tank uh, well before uh, Stem and Bernie in the back. But yeah, and, and just the idea that like all the internet memes, oh, it's an internet meme. Oh, you're, 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 you're a troll, you're, you're a Russian bot. They've now sort of have to finally admit that it's not Russian bots, it's just regular people. But regular people learned it. They learned their nefarious ways from Russian bots. So this is one of the bigger articles I wanted to get to and read a, a, a good chunk out of, if I can here. Uh, This is from Washington Post, their series entitled Democracy Dies in Darkness. So that's that's the framing, the, the, you know, thunderclouds, (laughs) you know, that's their slogan, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they put that under every article now. (laughs) Right. Because apparently having a popular Democratic uh, candidate is now uh, the death of democracy. Um, So, yeah. uh, So the title is Sanders support. This is this is just so full of like. (laughs) buzzwords like trigger words here mm-hmm. sanders supporters yeah. have weaponized facebook to spread angry memes about his democratic rivals that's that's the, the title <laughs> right and then the byline users are using users are using that's a great way to yeah, yeah anyway no editor users are using mass posting technologies not technology but technologies plural Users are using mass posting technologies That's to flood. a very flood. specific image. Yeah, it, it's like it's like. Are we talking about like the theory of like like a Chinese guy with five hundred or Russian guy with five hundred cell phones, like all you know, right. liking posts like automatically, yeah. you know. So yeah, they're using mass posting technologies to flood Facebook with attacks 
on Elizabeth Warren and others. So really, what are you supposed to pick out of that? Bernie Sanders, angry memes, mass posted technologies, attack on Liz Warren. That's, that's like the brain flow of what they want you to, to connect there, right? Yep. Um, so they profile this, like, you know, it, not some mastermind of, you know, of, of, of memeing. Uh, this guy they're talking about, Matt Walter is 64, a retired Michigan factory worker in support of Bernie Sanders, uh, shared a Warren-Hillary meme uh, onward to eight Facebook groups and tens of thousands of potential eyeballs with a few taps of his smartphone using a popular new mass posting technique that allows ordinary Americans to operate with rapid-fire speed reminiscent of Russian bots and trolls in 2016. It's like, so what's the technology? Oh, he just pushed a button on Facebook. Like, there's, there's no technique here. It's just you po- post a fucking meme in a group of probably nothing but people that support Bernie already. But they, make it, they want you to think that, like, you know, you know, if you're not really savvy with the Internet, which, you know, clearly Warren and Biden supporters probably aren't, you would think, oh, my God, he posted to eight groups and nobody stopped him? <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And this is the, just, it gets even more, like, this sounds like an old person wrote this. Oh, yeah. But they didn't. This was written by two guys named uh, Craig Timberg and Isaac Stanley Becker. Both look like they're about 20 years old. So either they uh, are, you know, were brought up Amish and don't know what the internet is. I mean, look, or Pete Buttigieg is like 75 years old in his mind, even <laughs> right. though he's really like 15 years old in real So life. this is, this is just unbelievable. In, a, in that small way, Walters contributed to a massive wave of hostile memes about Sanders' Democratic rivals that both reflect the rising divisiveness in the party's uh, nominating contest and exacerbates it. The volume and viciousness of the memes portraying Warren as a snake, a backstabber, and a liar reflect how Facebook ident- uh, identifies and rewards emotionally charged content to generate reactions from billions of users. In the view of experts who study political speech, this distorts demographic or democratic debate by confirming biases, sharpening divisions, and elevating uh, the glib visual logic of memes over reasoned discussion. Okay, so that all of those words are 100% bullshit. Yep. Okay, what is a meme if not political cartoons through mixed medium? That's all a meme is. Yeah. Right. So they're basically saying that uh, you know it's not fair that people, rather than newspapers, uh, who apparently are, are the vanguard of uh, reasonable discourse nowadays, uh, with the New York Times, what uh, you know, praising Hitler for ten years, uh, saying that uh, you know it's the Palestinians' fault that there's not a better peace plan put forth by Israel and Donald Trump, uh, which they did just yesterday. Uh, that that you know those are the the reasonable discussion, and now it's not fair that regular people can now post what amounts to political cartoons all over the internet if they want to, and because they have so much more ability to frame the debate through emotional imagery than the way a newspaper can. Now, I, I love that they referenced the Liz Warren as a snake uh, meme or whatever it was. You know, everyone was posting tweets with the snake emoji. When, when it was Hillary. an omni-thought. It just came to us all at once. It genuinely seemed like it right. came to everyone at once. I, I love that they, they see that like that's unacceptable and that's divisive because the very first American political cartoon illustrated back and published back in 1754 by Benjamin Franklin, the Join or Die 13 Colony Snake, uh, was also considered to be extremely divisive at the time. 
Uh, in fact, it, when it got reused after the French-Indian War, when it got used to kind of uh, collectively pull people together uh, in open rebellion of the British crown, Franklin actually was kind of like, hey, that's not what I drew it for. Don't do that. So it was already out of his hands by that point. <laughs> so very much mimicking. <laughs> uh, you know, nowadays, where just people can, like, take it and run with it uh, with memes on the Internet. That You know, we've had a 280-year tradition of doing that with political uh, illustrations in this country. So the fact that Washington Post pretends they don't know that or pretends as though, like, that's somehow, like, hey, that's not acceptable, even though we've been doing it for almost 300 years, uh, is fucking hilarious to me. And the fact that it's a snake on both ends of those three centuries. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, what else can you say? These people are fucking clowns. This is a clown show. Um, but you know, <laughs> they're going to do everything they can to fucking stop Bernie. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They can spread all this dif- disinformation. They're going to stack the fucking convention, which we'll talk about in a minute, and it's not going to matter uh, if Bernie. Well, well yeah, what were you going to say? It's just I love when they admit their weaknesses, and I feel like um, like in politics, you never want to do that. Or you no. never want to admit your enemy's strength, right? Unless you are, unless, like, that's the Karl Rove playbook, and it's a really good playbook because you, you whatever your, your enemy is actually really good at, you attack that as their worst character trait. Like, yeah. you, you attack their strength. You don't praise their strength and say, man, that Bernie Sanders, he's got some dank memes. Like, you just don't do that. You don't admit that that's where their strength is, but they literally, they do it by the numbers here. Let's see. Um, uh, and then, of course, to try to link it to Trump and say, oh, well, Trump had a lot of memes, too. Uh, the president's campaign, let's see, am I in the wrong section here? Oh, no, I am. it's a long article. Uh, okay, so uh, since the beginning of 2019, nearly 3,000 active Facebook pages supporting Sanders have generated more than 290 million interactions. For contrast, about 350 pages devoted to former president vote uh, Joe Biden have generated just 9 million interactions. So they're just flat out admitting, like the, the, the article saying, uh, Biden's asking his supporters to please support him online. It, like, they know they're getting creamed, right? And they know yeah. that the online discourse, uh, which is far more democratic than, uh, say, the discourse you get on fucking MSNBC, they know that we're winning on those things. Now, we're not going to win on that alone. Obviously, we, we've got the ground game to go out there and knock on millions of doors and make millions of phone calls and texts. Uh, and what, what did Bernie make? $1.3 million in one day this week in fundraising? Like, it, uh, by every measure, they're getting creamed, but they're, they're admitting that the Internet is the one place they don't have a chance, and they can't do anything about it, right? So I, I love that they're, they're just flat out admitting how poorly they're doing here. Yeah, no, it, it's just, you know, they got nothing. They got fucking nothing. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk briefly about their strategy going into the convention because, um, you know, as we've, we've talked about on here a lot, like all of their planning and their fucking maneuvering hinges on the fact that they thought they'd be able to get Bernie or they'd be able to keep Bernie under the 51% of delegates, uh, pledge delegates, uh, that he needs to get the nomination on the first ballot. Because once we get past the first ballot and we get to the second ballot, then the super delegates are free to vote for whoever they wish to, um, and they're going to, of course, throw it to whichever corporate candidate is in well, the best position to so seal it. Here's what I understand. Why would the 2016 Rules Committee agree to get rid of superdelegates on the first ballot? Because so that, they, was, that was the thing that got Hillary to win. No, so they didn't. That, that came later with the Unity Reform Commission, which was basically 
what you know uh, Bernie supporters demanded that they put together. That was the the I believe it was twenty eighteen uh, panel that like Nomiki Konst was on. I think Josh Fox was on. A lot of Bernie's platform reprit delegates from the but platform they blacklisted committee. all of the rest of his platform. How did they get that? So it was so this was a whole separate thing that basically you know people. Uh, screamed their heads off enough about rightfully about until they agreed to do it. And it was kind of like they, they basically, I think the, the party wanted to basically pay lip service to the Bernie block and say like, look here, we'll make these modest reforms. And then it, what it really was, was like, Hey, we're not going to get rid of super. And I think we even said at the time, and I, I interviewed, I think Nomiki on this podcast at the time. Uh, and I, cause she was on this committee and I, and I said to her like, you know, uh, what is to stop them from just trying to load the ticket up with as many different state Democrats as possible to deny Bernie the delegate count he needs to get it on the first ballot? And she's like, uh, well, nothing, I guess. Um, but, or so I, I forget her exact answer, but she was like, yeah, no, that's a real concern. Um, and that's been their plan from from that whole day. Like that's why it was, it, they didn't get rid of super delegates. They just said, "Oh well, we're going to eliminate super delegates on the first ballot." You know, asterisk, but asterisk, that was asterisk. The, that was the thing that they did that that got Hillary's far because on every single every single time they did a delegate count, you know, wherever it was at the moment, the whole election they could go, "Oh, Hillary's already so, five hundred delegates ahead of Bernie." This is the other issue, and this is not resolved at all. Is that the media, when they were reporting that, they were reporting intended voted, the intended superdelegate votes. So, like, the superdelegates literally do not vote until the convention, but, like, Howard Dean will go out on TV and say, well, I'm going to support Joe Biden with my superdelegate vote. So MSNBC was recording that as if it were actual contemporaneous votes, which is really fucking disingenuous, and sure. they still could do that again because there's nothing preventing them legally from doing that, and there's nothing within the unity reform commissions uh you know thing saying well you can't report um or you can't say who you're going to vote for until the convention there's nothing saying any of that so there's a very good chance they're going to try to pull this bullshit again uh so you know be like anytime we see that we need to harass the shit out of any media company that tries to pull that until they're so shamed out of doing it that they, you know, I, like I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if anything will shame them into not doing that again. But we'll, that's you know, going to be the next fucking battle. Well, they're trying to get rid of the Twitter ratio as fast as they can, so we'll see how fa- how uh, soon that takes effect and how many of our friends get taken down. The um, very good, very sardonic MSDNC Twitter account that is clearly labeled as satire just got taken down this week along with. Are you several- fucking kidding me? No, you didn't Jesus hear that? Christ. No, I didn't hear about that. 35,000 followers just got taken down with no uh, no explanation. Well, they're spreading disinformation. That's that's the new... Sure. And it's just so funny that Liz Warren rolls this out on the same day that Twitter adds a uh, category to their reporting feature. I'm sure this is totally not coordinated, where one of the things you can report a tweet for is it spreads misinformation about a political election. Jules actually posted about this. She's like, yeah, I'm going to get fucking banned every two days now because people are just gonna mass report me for supposedly spreading disinformation about an election um when obviously that's completely subjective and you know more than likely bullshit if people report you for that so yeah this we're in the fucking hellscape right now and they're doing everything they can to silence us because they they're 
you know, they've 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 gotten past the ignore stage. They've gotten past trying to ignore Bernie because they realize that he's too powerful to be ignored. So now they're trying to silence his supporters and smear him at the same time. Uh, but again, it's not going to work. So uh, just real quick, I wanted to go through. Uh, so Tom Perez issued a list of uh, nominees or people he's nominated for the DNC, uh, the convention committees. Um, so I, I just want this guy, Kevin Gastola did a really good thread breaking down, uh, you know, who some of these people are. And I, and you could just look at the list immediately and you go, Oh Jesus fucking Christ. This is so obviously a Bernie Sanders, uh, hater, you know, convention. Like there's fucking John Podesta and Bakari sellers and like every, every fucking shit lib you can imagine. Who's had a position minion more, everyone who's had a position of power, in the Democratic Party, <clears throat> who fucking hates Bernie Sanders, uh, Heidi Heidkamp, I mean, a who's who of shit libs. So this is just a breakdown of some of the maybe less known names, but why they're super insidious. So now this is just from the platform committee, and this is the committee that, like we were saying, cr- crafts the platform that the, the, the uh, Democratic Party runs on in 2020. Now, um, I'm a little confused because... In 2016, the platform committee ended up being half Hillary, you know, 52% Hillary and 49% Bernie, uh, you know, representatives. So I don't know why all of a sudden, before any votes have been cast, that the that Tom Perez is just saying, this is the platform committee. I was under the impression that the nominee or nominees got to, you know, dictate the platform, but apparently that they're not even... They're dispensing with all pretense of, of, you know, objectivity. So this is this is just a smattering of some of the people that are on this platform and committee who, again, draft the entire agenda for the Democratic Party. Uh, Dennis McDonough was Barack Obama's chief of staff during his second term. He also chairs Rework America Task Force, which launched Rework America Business Network with Heidi Capozzi, senior vice president of human resources at Boeing in December of 2018. Rework America Business Network that uh, McDonough helped launch counts its founding members uh, the following. Uh, AON, uh, Archer Daniels Midland, Boeing, Duke Energy, Kaiser Permanente, McKinsey & Company, Microsoft, Stanley Black & Decker, Walmart, and Zurich Insurance. John Hamm portrayed McDonough in the 2019 film The Report, which told the story of the Senate CIA's uh, Senate's CIA torture report through the uh, perspective of Senate staffer Daniel Jones, played by Kylo Ren, of course. Uh, on behalf of the CIA, McDonough advocated for more redactions from the executive summary of the torture report that was released. So just fucking great guy. I'm sure he's a big Bernie Sanders fan. Um, Daniel Gray, former Obama administration official, is the senior vice president, chief legal officer, and corporate secretary for Blue Cross Blue, Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina. Um... Yeah. Uh, Jake Sullivan, member of the Alliance for Securing uh, Democracy's Advisory Council, senior policy advisor to Hillary Clinton's 2016 and 2008 presidential campaign. So just real, real fucking great strategist. Uh, He was also a national security advisor to Vice President Joe Biden. Another just totally unbiased name on this platforming committee. Uh, Georgia State Senator Nakima Williams served as member of the Obama Victory Fund. She was one of the top 10 influential African-American bundlers for Obama. Top contributors to the PAC included employees from Comcast, Goldman Sachs, Google, etc. 
Um, I'm going to skip a couple here, but there are some other real fucking atrocious ones. Um, oh, Bakari Sellers. We all know Bakari Sellers. Bakari Sellers was a Kamala Harris surrogate and, and surrogate for Hillary Clinton in 2016. He has disingenuously insisted that Bernie uh, has a long way to go with black voters, despite contrary polling. <laughs> the whitest <laughs> fucking Jew he could have ever met. Yeah, so he, he was he was on uh, one of the last iterations of Crossfire back when uh, John Stewart went on and just ripped them new assholes and said, you are ridiculous. You're doing democracy a disservice with this bullshit way that you discuss politics. And they were just like, what are you talking about, John Stewart? Like they had no, they were clueless. Uh, or Paul yeah. Begala, you're thinking of? Yeah, he's Paul he's Begala. also on this committee. Yeah. Wait, who did you say? Bakari Sellers. He's oh, the, the, I, the black first, guy. So the reason I, my bad, I totally mixed the names up. I, like I said, I haven't I haven't slept all week and I'm exhausted. And I was but doing, no, but Paul Begala is also on this committee. We're getting to him. Don't worry. Well, we <laughs> we are getting to him. Oh, because okay. <laughs> the reason I thought of him was because he is also on this. Uh, a democratic majority for, for Israel, Israel. Yep, that put out this bullshit thing, um, which is hilarious because you, if you're the democratic majority for Israel, uh, wouldn't you love Donald Trump and everything he's done for Israel? He's like the most right wing. Well, they do. They all they've done so far yeah. is it is put out Bernie Sanders attack ads, the only attacking the only Jew in the race who also is it, it has the majority of support in the Democratic Party. So, like, how how can they be a democratic majority for Israel? Like, they're not the majority for one. Uh, because most Americans don't support giving a blank check to Israel. Yeah. Uh, and, and for two, like, why are you even Democrats then? Like, you're clearly not in the party that, <laughs> you know. They're Democrats the way that Alan Dershowitz is a Democrat. <laughs> you know, right. they like saying they're Democrats at cocktail parties while they defend, you know, Donald Trump for all of his crimes and, and you know, bullshit as long as he, he pays fealty to Israel. Um so no, th this was a tweet from Bakari Sellers when Bernie announced that he was running. Uh, I don't have a problem with Bernie getting in the race. When is he getting out is probably a better question. So <laughs> real unbiased fucking analyst from this CNN piece of shit. In 2015, Sellers became the national, became a member of the National Council uh, of the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, APAC, the notorious pro-Israel, uh, pro-Israeli government lobbying group. So he's on the National Council of APAC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you think he's gonna? How do you think he's gonna uh, feel about the wording that Bernie tried to insert uh, into t the 2016 uh, platform about you know <laughs> Palestinian human rights and recognizing the atrocities? Probably doesn't uh, like it. Probably why I told him to you know when is he? I don't have a problem with him being uh, you know on the team, but when is he gonna go back and sit on the bench? That's like saying like like you know I don't, I don't mind Kobe Bryant being on the Lakers, but uh, when's he gonna get into a helicopter crash? Like come on, <laughs> like why would you want your star player? <laughs> Out of the fucking game, like yeah. he, you have the, you have a front runner, and it's literally, it's like they, this, this is, they are not afraid that Bernie Sanders is going to lose to Trump, right? No, they're all, afraid he's going to win. All these articles, this is, this is, this is the funniest one. This is far none the funniest one, um, by Matt Bennett and Lene Erickson of Third Way or Third Way oh, as God. I call them. This is the headline: Democrats court doom, court doom, <laughs> recording doom. They're courting doom by backing Bernie Sanders. His ideas are toxic outside blue America. Now we've already established that that's not true. We went through the, you know, the, the, the list of how popular his platform is. <sighs> anyway, here's, here's just one paragraph. When voters outside the liberal base learned more about Bernie's plan uh, over the course of the last year, their initial curiosity 
driven by bumper sticker slogans, turned to collapse. That's not exactly how they phrased it, but it was kind of clumsy, so I changed a little bit. So basically, the, the enthusiasm for Medicare for All collapsed, is what they're claiming, outside of, of Blue America. November polling found that, quote, large shares of swing voters in Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin say a national Medicare for All plan is a bad idea. So that, that's their quote. Uh, guess who they admitted did the polling for that? A group called the Kaiser Family Foundation <laughs> of Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> so I'm sure they didn't do any push pulling on that. I'm sure their questions were totally ethical very unbiased, very unbiased. and weren't framed as though, oh, but did you know Medicare for All will take away insurance from 150 million Americans? They were like, do you know Bernie uh, Sanders what? is going to rip the, the, the plugs out of all of these people who are on life support in order to fund? Like, yeah, it's yeah just, and then you have to wait five minutes before he plugs it back in on Medicare for All, <laughs> in, in which that time your loved ones will be at risk. No, it's insane. It's insane. So you know that if Kaiser Permanente through their bullshit family foundation did a poll like that, it's going to be completely fucking disingenuous and designed to mislead people. And of course they're going to get a majority of people to say, well, I don't want to lose my insurance and have grandma die. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, that's what Bernie Sanders is going to do to grandmama in Pennsylvania is kill her before all of you get Medicare for all. Um, just just continuing on Bakari Sellers because I, I I joked about him his his uh, you know uh, the way he would react to that but I, I forgot about this part. Uh, Sellers drafted a letter and spearheaded effort in 2016 to ensure the DNC platform did not adopt language Bernie Sanders supported, which would have acknowledged responsibility to confront uh, confront humanitarian crisis facing Palestinians in Gaza. Um, Dan Shapiro is former ambassador of the United States to the state of Israel. He backed moving the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem if, quote, done the right way. <sighs> and here's Shapiro in November 2019 championing virtues of U.S. military aid to Israel. Um, oh, this is a great one. Wendy Sherman is a senior, uh, senior counselor at the Albright Stonebridge Group, a business firm founded by Madeleine Albright. She was a Clinton delegate in the 2016 platform drafting committee who voted against Medicare for all, opposed, uh, uh, voted, voted against opposing the TPP, and voted against banning fracking. While Sherman was the lead negotiator for the Iran nuclear deal and previously his back diplomacy with North Korea, uh, during, while she was you know, uh, lead negotiator, uh, during the drafting of the 2016 platform, Sherman opposed language on Israeli occupation and suggested BDS movement, quote, creates anti-Semitism. Uh, oh, this, and this is, this is the last one. Well, not the last one, but this is the last one I'll read because there's almost everyone on this list is a fucking swamp creature. Yeah, 180 people on yeah. there. Uh, Ma Megan Stabler is a member of the Democratic Majority for Israel, a group that advocates for pro-Israel uh, Democrats. She also served on the National Board of, uh, Board of Directors for the Human Rights Campaign, of course, HRC. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the, and that's just the platforming committee. So, and, that, and those are the people, again, who draft the, um, uh, draft the platform that the, the candidates, you know, theoretically will run on. Um, so the Rules Committee, a whole nother fucking, and this is the people that basically set the, agenda for how things are going to play out for the next round of conventions, basically, um, include such luminaries as Barney Frank. <laughs> Barney Frank, former congressman, is currently on the board of directors of Signature Bank in New York. You know, Barney Frank, tough on Wall Street, sitting on a fucking bank board. 
Um, well, you got to take him on from the inside, right? No, of course. And <laughs> well, and, and and he's really going deep undercover because in July 2018, New York Times examined how his bank was a go-to lender for President Donald Trump's family as well as Jared Kushner's family. <laughs> Uh, Bert, There's that bipartisanship. Barney Frank argued against the Green New Deal in February of 2019, even as cl- the climate tr- uh, change threat rapidly intensified. Uh, and this is his quote. Uh, the- <laughs> this is such a fucking unbelievable quote. There's an argument that you don't destabilize the society by doing too much change at once. Just, just... These fucking people, man. I can't. I... I d- these people are just so unbelievably fucking shitty. Well, if, if we if we destabilize the society, then it'll be like we're doing the work of climate change for climate change. Like why why not wait till climate change destabilizes and then we'll restabilize society by doing whatever Obama probably would have done if it would have happened. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So and, and again, you know, and the list goes on, and I won't go through anymore. But yeah, they're they're completely stacking the convention with fucking swamp monsters. Um, this seems this seems very uh, unprecedented. I don't remember them ever announcing delegate, uh, you know, all these appointees this far out, uh, especially when we don't have any candidates, you know, pulling away from the pack. Uh, and I'm sure that's you know completely not a coincidence that the year that it looks like Bernie is going to be leading the pack, they're going to make sure he gets as few. Uh, friendly voices as possible um so you know really disgusting shit but again um you know well this just, is a- just watch for delegates being disqualified you know like the like the michael moore movie when you see the washington or west virginia i should say west virginia where bernie won like one less than half of the delegates from hillary clinton and when they when the delegates went to the floor the convention they said all 55 counties were for hillary clinton which was yeah. a lie because he won every single county in West Virginia, right? Right, and I don't even know how the delegates end up being split halfway as it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's just like there's going to be some kind of contention, and they're going to go, "Oh, well, we don't know what to do." Rules committee, what's the decision? Mm-hmm. And you know, you can guarantee the decision is not going to be in favor of Bernie Sanders. So, uh, yeah. you know, with, with all the ins and outs of how those things work, I. I don't know how it's all going to play out, but you can bet that it's not going to be in Bernie's favor. So that is why it's absolutely necessary. Like, I don't even think that if he gets 51%, they won't try to. No, he's got, he's got, he's got a fucking, he's got to dominate. He's got to get like 60% of the vote to get away, to beat back the bullshit that they're going to try to pull. He's got to be 15% ahead in California before they'll even say that he's the front runner. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like every time they tell you that we're being too divisive, that means we're winning, yep. right? Don't ever let them pull that that respectability politics bullshit and say, "Well, you're 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 being too divisive, you know, you're winning too much. You're you're not going to win any support from me if you're this strident in how hard you're fighting." Don't shut those people up, shut them up, tell them to go fuck themselves, because they are never going to be on your side if they're trying to pull that shit. The people who want to say it's too divisive are the people who said, you know, criticizing George Bush in a time of war is unpatriotic. They're the same people, right? Yep. They will never fight for the right thing. They will always be on the wrong side of history. And if you tamper down to please those people, they will win. So never let them win. Um, just one other quick example of, of what being really divisive in the face of, of the onslaught of imperialism uh, in my research of, of historical 
political comics. I found one from the year 1916 when we were getting involved in World War I. Um, there was this uh, comic published in a radical left-wing magazine called The Masses, uh, and the comic depicts a uh, military doctor inspecting a, a prospective soldier. And the doctor says, uh, at last, the perfect soldier. And the soldier is literally 10 feet tall, nothing but muscle. We're talking like Colossus from the X-Men muscle, uh, with no head, right? So pure, huge muscle and brawn with no brain, yep. right? And that was considered so divisive and so subversive that in 1916 that the post office refused to deliver it, and they refused to deliver subsequent issues of the masses, uh, citing the Espionage Act. And the resulting legal battle uh, over that caused the magazine to close, right? So don't ever let these people tell you you're being too divisive, and the memes you're posting about Liz Warren being a backstabber are are too uh, inflammatory. That's bullshit. That just means they don't like that you're winning, and that we're winning. Yeah, absolutely. And... um you know, uh, the, 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 you know, as, as shitty as it seems that the platform committee is doing this, don't forget that this is a non-binding platform. You know, they're, they're, they put like $15 minimum wage on Hillary's platform. Like she was never going to fight for that. So Bern, they can they can hand Bernie a fucking watered down milk toast platform, you know, uh, with, with no ban on fracking and no commitment to a Green New Deal or Medicare for all. You know what he's going to say? Yeah, good. OK. And he's going to throw it out and wipe <laughs> his ass with it and say, yeah. All right, so this is what we're actually going to fight for. It's going to be like, Tom Stoy, what do we say to that platform? It's going to be like, (laughs) we say no, Bernie, we say no. You're like, that's right, Tom (laughs) Stoy. Oh, man. Yeah, it would be really funny if he just ended up cucking Tom Steyer by the end of of this primary cycle. That'll be the... the I mean, he, Tom he already has himself. I, I mean, did you see that video of them outdoors at the, the thing on MLK oh, Day? And God. Bernie's got, the, Bernie's got the mittens on, and Tom's all, like, excited just to be standing <laughs> next to him. And Bernie's kind of, like, patting him, like, all right, settle down, Tom. <laughs> He's probably like, Bernie, I love your mittens, Bernie. <laughs> Where'd you get those? Like, 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 the next day, Tom's got the same pair, like, all single white female style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. He well, wants to be you know, so bad. If he if he renounces his wealth and really sure. dives into it, we'll accept him. It's not like we won't accept former billionaires. Yeah, no, you can you can you can come join the come join the circle. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, we're winning, but you know, keep the pressure up, keep the fight <clears> up, <throat> do everything you can. This is the fucking crunch time because, like I said, by the time we're you're hearing us next, we're gonna know what's what happened in Iowa one way or another. Um, so and Tuesday is Iowa and Wednesday Monday. is New Hampshire. Or Monday, no, 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 Monday is, is Iowa, Iowa and then Tuesday is New Hampshire. I I, I believe Tuesday is New Hampshire. Let me just wait. Let me get that right so we don't get uh, accused by Liz Warren of putting out. Uh, yeah, I'll be thrown in jail for spreading voting information. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. So Tuesday, February 11th is New Hampshire. So Iowa, I guess, stands on its own. Uh, then the week after. Is, is New Hampshire. Gotcha. I thought so there was I, a little bit more time in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Iowa is Monday, but those are the first two voting states. So Iowa is, yeah, we're going to know who wins Iowa by Monday. Shh, and, you man. know. We really worried a year ago or a year and a half ago or so when we first found out they were moving up California to the front that that was really going to hurt Bernie. And I know we've, we've talked about this before, uh, about how that really might have been the, the the Achilles heel without them realizing it. And these, you know, the, the, the consultants tell them to do this shit. 
you know, and they tell them, hey, move it up so we get, you know, we can get a front runner in there and then they can, you know, sweep the delegates for California and then no one else has a chance. And now it's like, again, it's amazing how they misjudged Bernie in 2016 and then they had four years to keep misjudging him and all they did was continue to misjudge him. <laughs> uh, I, I really think they did not understand what a real working class political movement is, or they were just so afraid of it they thought it couldn't possibly exist. You know, like yeah. like the like the boogeyman. Like, no, they couldn't possibly. It couldn't possibly be this many uh, disenfranchised people that want to get re-enfranchised and want to get involved in politics. You know, didn't we didn't we give you enough TV stations, five hundred channels, two hundred TV shows on any given day to, to be yourself. pacified? Yeah. Why are you coming and calling people and asking for money and saying you're going to fucking solve the climate crisis? What are you doing? Why would Bernie do that to us? And uh, just quick thing for people that uh, didn't hear about it: the Strokes are actually going to be doing a concert with Bernie, like with Bernie as a headliner in uh, New Hampshire ahead of that primary. So that's fucking awesome. Uh, so many awesome bands coming out to support Bernie this cycle. Uh, you know, just every every hipster band that you fucking loved in college, not you personally, but like most of our listeners loved in college uh, in the early 2010s or early 2000s, you know, mid 2000s to early 2010s uh, is supporting Bernie this go around. You got like Strokes, fucking uh, uh, bon- Bon Iver, Vampire Weekend. Uh, Portugal, the man, young, the giant, like every, every possible like white hipster indie band from the 20, 2010s and late 2000s is coming out to support Bernie. So. Yeah. And I even saw like a Vox planner where it was like, why are all these bands supporting Bernie? It's like, because these are bands that sink from their fucking heart. <laughs> God damn it. Why is it? And, and they're so all people of our, ge- of our generation. These are all younger bands. Right. Like, you know, How who, could you who be understand in <laughs> any band of any sort and not support the most anti-authoritarian guy running for president. I, I can understand how you'd be like, you know what, fuck every one of them. I, I'm just, I don't, you know, I'm too sure. rock and roll for even Bernie Sanders. I get that, right? But how could you, if you're going to get involved and see that there's any chance of affecting change from a, a multiracial working class uh, mass movement, being, you know, helmed by one guy who's been fighting for this your whole life, like, you, you like, what are you going to do? Like, hey, we're Matchbox 20 for Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> you're like, what are you like? What are you no, doing? No, Rob, Rob's a good guy. He probably, I know. He probably I just, likes I just Bernie. Pulled it out of my head. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but I, I bet. And by the way, I don't. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim posthumous uh, endorsement from Prince because the new power generation has uh, played at Bernie rallies. So. Oh wow! All right. <laughs> Which is Prince's backup band? So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if Prince don't know. himself. Like Prince seems like one of those weirdos that would just on a whim be like, "Yeah, I like Andrew Yang." Like why? No, so like Prince, why Dave Chappelle? Come on, Prince is. I know. Fucking. I, I can't even talk about that. It, it hurts too much. But the, he's Dave's smoking a little bit too much weed lately. That's all I'll say about that. But, um, but no. So uh, Prince Prince was weird because he didn't really come out and speak on political issues too much. But he did actually release a song, uh, like a charity song for Baltimore, after the Freddie Gray. Uh, murder by the cops and like it was a very political song so politics like, were dictated by being a Jehovah's Witness he wasn't allowed to talk about his political exactly views. but I, I imagine he was pretty leftist uh, from all the from the little snippets that he's actually let forth you know like that like little things you could find well you look at his donations that also were private until after his death like he was he was spending millions and millions of dollars buying people solar panels and oh wow he, they never knew it like they never knew who the money was coming from 
but he was like, I don't know what if what program it was, some kind of extreme reduced rebate solar panel program that he was funding completely anonymously. Like, obviously, the people who ran it knew it, but uh, yeah, and those were things that like his friends knew, but weren't allowed to tell anybody until after he was dead. So they were they were like, you don't know how good this man was, and we weren't allowed to tell anyone either. <laughs> he didn't want any credit for it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so yeah. We lost a real one, but, uh, you know, it, yeah, but, but all, all the fucking cool musicians are endorsing Bernie and, and all the lame ones are endorsing, uh, Jack White too. We got Jack, Jack White, White, the White Stripes. Yeah. Killer Mike, of course. Run of course, Jules. Killer Mike. Cardi yeah. B. Ariana Grande. Cardi B. Yeah. God damn. When, uh, when's, when's Miley going to come out and finally endorse Bernie? I don't know. She, she, she likes Bernie though. You could tell like if, if she would endorse anybody, it would be Bernie. Maybe she just doesn't want to like get involved, but. Um, I, I also think we're going to get a slew of uh, really oh, oh, and Dispatch also, by the way, I should mention. I, I love Dispatch, and they've they've actually I think played a played a thing for Bernie. Um, I, I'm a little disappointed. Like, I, I he's probably just waiting till like after the primaries. But I I, I have to imagine Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam are going to come out and endorse Bernie. Like he's oh, he, they've they're obviously they most closely to. aligned with they Bernie. They have to. I mean, they played an hour long set on Letterman for John Kerry. Do you remember that shit? Oh God. <laughs> oh well. But, I mean, but, it was still but awesome. talked about trying, how he likes but. Bernie, even like in 2016. But I think he's just trying not to be like too out there. And it, I, he actually, if you watch um, the Pearl Jam documentary. Uh, that they that they did like he talked a lot about how he doesn't like to be a public figure and like how you know he would have people trying to like fucking like run their cars through like he had a guy try to like run his car through his hat like he he very much like tries to de-emphasize himself and like putting himself out there and making public statements he doesn't have a twitter like he really doesn't like i know he's, he's not real i remember when um, doing that shit anymore yeah, like, what was it, Rolling Stone? He wouldn't give an interview to Rolling Stone, so they were like, oh, we're going to expose your whole life prior to becoming a rock star since you refused to do an interview with us. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Why would you do this that? This is a shit. Absolute like, he- here's his shit. real name. Ha ha, Eddie Vedder. You're not, your real name is this. And it was just like, what? What do you yeah, it's, it, dick for? His cool. real name, by the way, is, is just as cool. It's like Edward Severson or something like that, which is almost as cool sounding as Eddie Vedder. <laughs> um you know, so like, f- yeah. yeah. F- fucking well, I, I think that like Rolling Stone was pissed off because he went and did like a really nice interview with Spin Magazine, who was uh-huh. Rolling Stone's rival back in the nineties. So and they were like, "We're gonna, Stone we're gonna fucking expose you." I'm like, what? What? Why? Rolling Stone had already gone establishment by then. I mean, you know, he 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 knew like that. Like Time Magazine also, he wouldn't do an interview before, and he was like super pissed. They put him on the cover anyway. Like they they tried to do like a whole like <laughs> yeah gr- yeah. So he's always had a testy relationship with like fame and and public persona they they took on Ticketmaster and almost won for like a couple of years there they really had Ticketmaster on the ropes but yeah but they were just too big of a fucking monopoly it was impossible unfortunately but yeah no good good guy good intention so I'm sure when 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 it's safe for him to do so he'll come out and you know support Bernie but yeah um you know again Iowa caucus Monday everyone fucking if you're in Iowa get out caucus do everything you can to get people to the caucus. You know, I, I, it's a fucking bizarre process, but uh, stick through it. And I hope and think we're going to be in a really good mood next time we record this podcast. I mean, is there any way we can record earlier in the week than Thursday? Or is that not uh, feasible? We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, we'll I don't figure know. it out. I, don't, I mean, I could 
well, I don't know. We'll talk about it. I probably can record Monday, but I don't know how quick the results come in. But I guess let's see. If the results come in early enough, maybe we'll record Monday and talk about okay. it. Uh, but I don't yeah, know how. Because I think it's a pretty. Um, but all right. Yeah. So we will um, see you guys next week. Uh, if you want to cross, knock on wood. Yeah. If you want to support the show, <laughs> uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, share the show out from SoundCloud. Follow us over there, soundcloud.com. Slash move left. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Um, we have Patreon. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash move left. We have merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. I am at move underscore left on Twitter. Uh, and I am at beachy file or beachy amor. Either one, uh, you'll find me there. Uh, BG file spelt like audio file or like sapio like file. Like uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, we are also going to try to get our, our old, old, old uh, Twitter account dedicated to the show back up and running as soon as Twitter figures out what the password is. Yeah, uh, I, just, I, I can't just to... fucking recover this account for the life of me. And for some reason, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking not, well, yeah. You, you, eventually, we'll have that account back and we'll, yeah. we'll, well be posting it, from It's there just because well. like, Twitter bans our accounts so often now that it's like, we just gotta keep, try to get our our show out there, word of mouth, as much as possible. So, yeah. So share if you like what out. you hear, share it out on your own. Tag us in it. We'll fucking retweet you. Uh, it's a big family. Thanks for listening, as always. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs>